Welcome back to the show. This week, my friend Brian Gilliland was here, the host of the Okie Show Show podcast. Their new season comes out January 6th. Go check that out. He also brought me one of his miscellaneous important things, and we talked about that. It was a lot of fun. I hope you guys enjoy too. Here it is. Digging in the crates for something good. Hidden gems off the misunderstood. Cause you know there's no such thing as too much. Beautiful. Oh, it's an exciting day. Your introduction song is so inspiring sounding. Is it? It is. In what way? It's it's kind of got like that worship band progression. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that is not what I expected <laughs> I mean, you to say. Wait, like, that's not a bad all thing. All right. <laughs> I'm fine with that. I've just never never had anybody describe it as that before. But that's you know like worship songs have they they, they have that like you know inspirational progression. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I haven't listened to a lot of like worship band music, but uh, thank you. Did you for know that. that your intro song sounds very worshipy? Well, it's how I asked for it to be written. <laughs> I was like, please, I want it to feel like I'm in church. Right. So, yeah. That's not true at all. But uh, Brian, <laughs> Brian Gillen, um, uh, that's who's sitting across from me. I feel like. <laughs> Did I just kick this off in like a, you know what your song sounds like? We're not going to address it anymore, right? <laughs> we're just going to go with it and we're going to see how, the, I, how what happens. I admit that in a, I really like it kind of way. No, I know. I know. I'm just giving you a hard time now. Oh, wow. Um, hi. But, hi. Hi, Jay. Welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Thanks for I'm having me. here with Brian Gilliland, host of the Okie Show Show. Okie Show Show! A podcast that, let me, let me read your... Uh, a podcast that explores the Heartland's film and music industry. Is that correct? That's right. That's still that correct? That is correct, sir. Okay. Tell we, me... We explore it. We're going to get into some other stuff, but first of all, <laughs> <laughs> tell me how... I'd like to get into politics. All right. Well, <laughs> no. there's no, no, no. Trump and then there's... <laughs> tell, me, tell me about how the show started. What made you want to start a podcast? How did the podcast start? So we started the podcast back in... 2015 if you can believe that i can which is crazy that we're about to enter a whole new decade has this let's see this show comes out on tuesday when is new year's new year's eve is tuesday this comes out on uh, new year's eve ah yes yeah. happy right, new year's eve, happy everyone. new year's eve everyone <laughs> so yeah we started the show back in 2015 um and it literally was kind of born out of the idea that i I make my living working in the local film industry and I had been a musician in the local music community for seven years forever something like that and uh, it just occurred to me that there are so many little gems that are in this community that that never really get a spotlight on them and I wanted to put a spotlight on them like that's that's pretty much how it started and uh and it's just been kind of like a fun run ever since. It started off not like your show has started off at all. You have technology on your side. <laughs> yeah, so what I mean, what did you what was like the first show for you? What oh did you gosh. use? What what were you Dude, when I okay, so I first started 
we were recording in the common area on the top floor of the Paramount, and I had an interface that was literally just an interface. It was like a 10-channel interface plugged into my laptop, and I had a bunch of these crappy dynamic mics that were just like little handheld mics that I had from the Ophidelis days, and like just set them up on crappy mic stands. Not like the fancy arms that you have. Yeah, look how it moves. It's just like... SM7Bs. Now we had the crappiest mics ever, and it just sounded like balls. And I had my my friends come on that um, Jacob Burns, like the Burns brothers, yeah, um, uh, to talk about their movie Electric Nostalgia. And when the episode dropped, the movie had not even remotely come out yet. So like, I don't I don't think anyone knew what we were talking about. <laughs> did Did you just assume like, well, everyone knows obviously everyone knows about this movie? Yeah. You, and um yeah when you when you started though did you worry about um limiting yourself to just this um region in a way you know it's I the honestly, heartland and you're like obviously there's lots of talented people here and there's yeah. lots of people you could talk to but do you ever worry about like how you can grow from there when i first started out i didn't think that uh i i don't know i don't know if i really had any expectations set for me cuz i just wanted to um I wanted to talk to, I had my laundry list of people that I wanted to talk to here. Yeah. And I thought, well, by the time I reach the end of that list, you know, I'll move on to something else. <laughs> and, uh, and here and we you're are. you're still here. You and now, Yeah. And now here, here we are like four or five years later, whatever math is. And, uh, and we're still kicking. And now we're talking to people like Ryan Connolly from Film Riot. And, yeah. You know, Dude, I listened to that episode. Oh my God, and like, so cool. I, I loved it because yeah, he seemed like just a, uh, well, the guy he's that I, I hoped he would be, yeah, I guess. He's totally one of us. Like we and like and what you heard on that episode was just, you know, it was like two thirds of the conversation that we had in total because there was tons that we were we were just shooting, you know, shooting the shiz. Yeah. You know, off off you know, we were still on mic as we were Skyping, but uh it was just so cool to get to hang out with that guy because like he was an inspiration to me and yeah. like I don't know about you but when we were in film school together mm -hmm. I learned more from Film Riot than I did from actual film school <laughs> oh yeah I watched Film Riot all the time and some yeah. of it I knew already but I also learned a lot and it was also comforting in a way because I'm like alright this guy's sort of doing the same thing he's trying yeah. to figure it out he wants to make movies he wants to do something and I'm yeah. like this feels good it was and, and that was kind of like the whenever I emailed him kind of on a lark of like, you know, we'll see. He's based in Dallas. Yeah. So I was like, it's relevant. It's within the heartland still. Because like, again, we started off in Oklahoma and I didn't think that we'd ever get beyond that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then like, now here we are. Hey, like, dare to dream. All right. Dare to dream. Set your, set the bar high. Which that's why it used to be that we were, God, what was the intro before? It was like uh, the podcast that explores the inner workings of Oklahoma's film and music industries or something like that. Yeah. So now that's why we say the heartland because it's Oklahoma and Texas and New Mexico and Georgia and like all of that. That whole region. So will it eventually be North America land? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exploring the film and music industries of all the planet. Yeah, like of the world. Yeah. Hey, it could be. In the galaxy. Oh, when we're a multi-planetary species. Yeah, once we go to Mars and they have a film industry out there, Film. Do you think they will? 
<laughs> I don't know. Let's ask Elon Musk. Let's see. Ask, yeah. You I, know he's going to be the guy who's like, let's start making movies on Mars. I don't know how he talks. I don't think he's he one talks, of the Beatles. <laughs> he talks nothing like that. Isn't he? What, where's he from? Elon Musk? I don't know. I not think... from <laughs> not from like England. <laughs> is he not? I could have sworn he was English. I don't think he is. I can look it up right now, but I'm pretty I don't sure know. I'm pretty sure you were wrong. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I'm right I'm wrong about most things. Yeah, I know. That's why I had you here so I could feel right. <laughs> <laughs> Put me in my place. Listen uh, here. So what what are what could people expect from season four? Right, we have season four coming out, which is it's weird math because that first season is like thirty episodes. Yeah, <laughs> because like I didn't really have an end in sight, and like we literally it started off being a weekly podcast of like we we're gonna put out episodes every week. Yeah, and then I I realized that I'm gonna run out of guests very quickly, of like not guests who could possibly be on the show, but guests who had been on the show. That I could you know, like put the episode out. Yeah, it's like all right, we're gonna make it bi-monthly, so it's gonna be every other week. And so we just did that for like I think like two years. It was just like nonstop. We're just making content. Yeah, we're just you know talking to people and inter- interviewing people, and like kind of figuring it all out because this is back in 2015, and I, I don't think podcasts like really became what they are now until like no. maybe three years ago. Well, I feel like there was the the old generation of podcasts in a way like there was podcast 2007 2008 there was kevin smith doing one there was yeah. like adam carolla super rudimentary yeah it was early like if the, there yeah. were like four podcasts. it wasn't until serial came out that people that the world knew what podcasts were yeah because they were like oh you can tell a story through audio yeah crazy tell something <laughs> that's compelling and makes people want to come back for more crazy yeah yeah, yeah. and uh so yeah, what, what what made you want to do it in seasons though? Because I I've thought laziness. about that too. Okay, purely that's the short answer is pure laziness. Because what I what I realize is that okay, I can continue cranking these things out and always feeling like I'm running against a deadline, or I could put these out in a season format, still every other week, but put out episodes for you know nine months, which is eighteen episodes, and that way I could just focus on this number. 18 yeah. episodes, I could focus on this number and try to make the quality as best I can as opposed to um, just feeling like I'm shortchanging the <laughs> <laughs> You know, like those <laughs> other crappy weekly podcasts. Yeah, these other uh, shows that <laughs> These do other shows that just week. crank crap out. <laughs> Maybe this will be gold. Man, I worry about that all the time because I'm, I'm in season one. Like when I upload yeah. it, it says, what season? I'm like, I think we're still one. We're just one always. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For, well, and that's how it was for us for like the first two years. Yeah. And like really what it all came down to is I'm a freelancer. So whenever I'm working on a movie or something like that, I'm, I'm, I'm out for a solid month. Like yeah. I'm just, that's all you're doing. It's, you know, when you're working on a movie, like you're working 12 to 14 hours a day sure. plus driving time, which is usually like another hour of driving. And so, like, you, you you just, there's physically not time to produce a podcast in the midst of all that. Yeah, because so, that, is a, that is a weird schedule. Like, I have it's weird. a more traditional schedule right now, even though I still work late. Um, yeah, movie's a whole different beast. Yeah. It consumes you for a while. It, cons- it is all consuming. And now I, I, do, I used to work on more, but now I've got it down to, like, maybe five, four or five features per year. And okay. then... So, but that's still four or five solid months. Yeah, that I that you were I, out of pocket, it. as they say. Yeah, 
I am in it and doing nothing else. So that's why, I, essentially, that's why we decided on the season format so that we could work on, we could try to make the episodes as good as we can and so I won't go insane and kill myself. <laughs> yeah, and it, it is something like we were talking about earlier that it just doesn't stop and then having to market it and then like just oh, get yeah. people to know about it. Do people think the podcasts are easy and like you can have all the tech in the world, um, but if you don't have a unique idea and if you don't put in the effort to market it and like, you know, produce it mm. so that it's it's worthy of people's time, then, you know, it could be it could be all lost in the ether of noise that's oh, out yeah. there. Yeah. Because this- like so many people have podcasts now, but I think they shortchange themselves because they they um just want to be heard yeah but they don't have anything to say yeah if that makes sense they want to be seen or heard they want maybe attention i don't want to speak for everybody but i think there are those people that are like i just like talking and i want somebody to listen to me i think that there's a lot of um you know i think we we have a as a society we're definitely dealing with some arrogance yeah (laughs) there of like because the truth of the matter is like dude nobody cares what you have to say no yeah. one cares what I have to say. Like, and I've been doing a podcast for like almost five years now. No one cares what I personally have to say. No, that that's the best approach though, because <laughs> uh, if the minute that you assume that everyone wants to hear you, you've already lost. Oh, totally. I think you're going to have an audience. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what you talk about. If you do it long enough, you're going to find a group of people that mm-hmm. are like, I like what he does. Yeah. But it's probably not going to be the majority of people. Most right. people, like you said, they don't care what you have to say. <laughs> they don't care. They don't know you. Why would they? Why yeah. would they? And they, I think that like if you keep at it and if you um, don't look at your numbers. <laughs> oh yeah, because the numbers are the numbers are the worst. It's so depressing, dude. <laughs> like the first three years of of the show, like we were. Oh look, we have ten downloads. Yeah. Hooray for us. Yeah, but that's when everyone quits because yeah. like I thought I'd put it out and people would just like care. Yeah. And, and like that. That's the funny thing is that you expect people you know, for the whole world to be obsessed with you. And then when yeah. you're the sad truth is that no one cares and then you just give <laughs> up. But it, the, but that's the fun irony is that if you keep pressing on, then eventually people do start to care about you. Yeah. Do people care about you yet? I don't know. Like you as a person. <laughs> I, I, I almost hope not. Cause I really like my anonymity. <laughs> I really don't want people to care about me. <laughs> yeah. What would you do if you were like, uh, like world famous, like you were getting, I would, kill myself if i was world well, famous you heard it here first <laughs> <laughs> i don't know man because like i working working in film has kind of ruined that that idea for me because like man like i just worked with um tony hale and nick stall who you you may not know his name but you definitely know his face he that was, name sounds familiar though nick stall was the the guy who played john connor in terminator 3 oh sweet so this was kind of cool. So the, on the movie, we had John Connor, Nick Stahl, and then we also had uh, Robert Patrick, who played the T-1000 in Terminator 2. Cool. In the same movie. Was this a and Terminator movie? didn't battle, <laughs> and it was very sad. And then you had Tony Hale in there like, ah, you guys. <laughs> but, uh, like, you know, you just, it, I, I've been around famous people enough to not, envy them at all for their fame yeah because like there is something precious about having your anonymity that when it's lost you're probably not going to be able to get it back 
Oh yeah, you know that's true. You can't like, really just you can't just not be. You can't famous disappear anymore. once the spotlight's been put on you. Yeah, you know, and until you until you drift off into the, you know, the um, uh, I was about to say the obscenity, the ether into the ether <laughs> into you know the 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 fog of memory. I guess. Yeah, you know, like the public tends to quickly forget people, but then they remember who you are, and they're like, oh. Yeah, I, I, you're, 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 the, you're that guy. And it's oh. sad. It, like, the people who were once famous that are no longer famous, like, once you have that exposure on you, it's kind of sad. Yeah. Because they're like, I once was something great. Now I feel worthless. And now I'm worthless because well, you find, you know, you shouldn't find your worth and your value in the attention of others. No, if you get wrapped up in that, then you're really screwed if you're not famous anymore. Because you're like, where yeah. are the people who used to love me? Now they don't. Yeah. And really, the people that loved you, they didn't really love you. They just liked your work. Yeah. It was really interesting working with Robert Patrick, who had been in the massive spotlight when he was T-1000, and now he's in his 60s. And then also being in, you know, the presence of Tony Hale, who is coming into a spotlight, it feels like. Yeah. You know, because Tony Hale is the voice of Forky on Toy Story 4. Oh, yeah. Forky. He's also the voice of Dr. Psycho in, uh, in the new Harley Quinn show. Which I is a masterpiece. It. Freaking watch it. I will. It's great. Wow. Everyone watch it. But he's also Buster from Arrested Development and like he's uh one he's the assistant in Veep. So like He's been he's, around. He's been around and um and he's also one of the kindest, like just most genuine people I've ever met. <laughs> just sort of rare, I think. Especially especially for someone who's um known and famous and been yeah. like you you almost feel I think a lot of people end up feeling entitled. You feel like you deserve um you know, you'd be surprised. Probably. I'm surprised a lot. <laughs> it's it's interesting because um, Tony... And I don't mean everybody. Yeah, there's definitely, like, the, the people that have been in the spotlight for a long time, uh, they are no longer put into check whenever they're an yeah, asshole. Yeah, maybe that's it. So they... Or, like, you're, people are afraid to be like, I don't like the way you're treating me. Yeah. <laughs> That was the interesting thing about Robert Patrick is that you could tell that just by the way that he spoke, like, uh, not he wasn't uh, a jerk or like condescending or anything. He just talked about whatever he wanted to. <laughs> yeah, because there's like no consequences. Not, yeah, a lot of times not appropriate for children. And like the first, whenever he first walked on set, he was like, "Let's make a fucking movie." <laughs> I don't know if we can cuss on your show, but <laughs> you can say whatever you want. Okay, that's what I love about this show. Yeah. But he was like, yeah, let's make an effing movie. And there's a kid right there. And he was like, especially you, young man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's amazing. I, so we, where I work, I'm not going to say the name of this actor, but we do uh, we do commercials for this one business. And uh. there's this one actor who's been around forever. He's like the spokesperson, the face of this business. And he's done it for a, like cart dealerships and stuff forever. Yeah. I'm sure you know who it is. <laughs> or I can tell you later. But like he will say whatever he wants. And it's yeah. almost never appropriate. Right. But And we, we have recordings of it. It's like I am shocked at what people are willing yeah. to say like when they're on camera. Yeah. You know? Because yeah, yeah. Like, these are things that we could probably like uh, I don't know. Blackmail. Blackmail. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's the stuff that like you should never say that when you know you're being recorded, but right. they, they say it anyway, and you're like, "Yeah, oh, you're, this is insane." 
Oh, dude. Well, and uh, let me tell you, I'm a sound guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sure you hear. And so, like, sure I'm not going to lie. There have been a couple times where, like, somebody has been has been uh, behaving inappropriately that, like, I'll, I'll straight up be like, record. Yeah, I think that's smart. Like, you never know when you need that. You never know. You never know. You know? I mean, like... I'm I'm part of a, a secret society of sound guys that have been slowly trying to save the world. You know, we attempted in 2016. We didn't win, <laughs> but we we dropped a you know a secretly recorded moment that need not be spoken of. But you know, Sp- speak of it right now. <laughs> play it. Let's play it. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm straight up. I've I've totally done that. Like I haven't done anything with those recordings, but like you know those recordings are going to the director and uh, editor and all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. Like just see so a little know. hashtag me too moment on record. It <sighs> sucks though. Yeah. Did it's you, bummer. did you ever run into any of that or like see any of that on sets? Uh, a me too moment, like mm. not audio. I mean, just, um, I don't know about, <sighs> I'm trying to think of a specific moment of like harassment or something like that. There's definitely been, um, well, gosh. So on this on this recent movie, there was this actor that he was method. That's a good example. Is the the actors that choose to go method? Um, I, I'm not a huge fan of the whole method acting thing. Yeah. Because when you are on the crew, and when you're witnessing actors doing their method acting, and it seems like. Method actors never attempt the method method unless they're playing a awful person. Yeah. Uh, and then it just kind of seems like a cop out. Like Cause then it gives you an excuse. Uh, yeah. I could be a terrible person. I'm method. Yeah. Uh, right. It's all part of the method. It's, it's all part of the character. It's not really weak. me. Yeah. It's, I'm bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> that is you making that choice. This is how you are at home. Yeah. And we had this guy that was just awful to people. Like he just treated them like, just garbage and he would do this thing that was like the first couple times it's like okay he's just trying to have a little private conversation with the director and then i started noticing that he was doing it with like other people yeah beyond the director like first ad and and then like eventually like you know our wardrobe people where he would pull them into a different room and like chastise them in private and all that kind of stuff and it's like it was just it was uh it was no longer okay. You're just trying to have a private moment. Now it's just creepy. Now, now you're being uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable, and you're the what you're saying and the way that you're doing it is just uh, there is a power imbalance to what's happening here in this situation that is wildly inappropriate. Yeah, and uh, you're just a like he left that set, uh, and I was convinced that he was a sociopath. <laughs> And I've worked with sociopaths, like actual <laughs> sociopaths on documentary shoots. I know them. I know them when I see them. You're like, this is way this too guy, familiar. This guy has a clinical narcissism problem, and he is a sociopath. If he ends up killing himself or someone else, I will not be shocked. Oh, man. And he was playing uh, he was playing a mentally disturbed character in this oh, movie. That's perfect. Yeah. I, I, like, yeah. I bet it was a great performance. <laughs> Dude, it was so weird. Like, get, uh, you know... Do what you if you're an actor and, and you and you have a process, you know. Do whatever. It's your face on screen. It's not mine. It's your voice that people are hearing. It's not mine. Yeah. So like, I get it, but at the same time, 
uh, if you have to, you know, make other people uncomfortable um, <laughs> beyond the point of cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, one thing yeah. when you're action and in the moment and all that kind of stuff, but like in between, don't no. Yeah, that's it's not appropriate. Be just like be a better person in yeah. between, or learn how to act. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying, if you got to go to these extreme lengths to do a performance, yeah. maybe this ain't the job for you. No, that's a just good point. Saying. That's a good point because, yeah, I, I, I don't think I'd want to deal with that. I mean, I think about movies all the time and what I've made and the parts that I've enjoyed about it and looking forward when I think about making a short film or a feature film. I'm like, I just want to work with actors that I like and yeah. that aren't terrible people. And I yeah. want to enjoy that process too. Dude, because I think I have it in the past. I just want right. to enjoy the process. I love the process. And like, I really don't understand how anybody makes a living. If you're, if you're an awful person, uh, <laughs> I don't know about there. If you're an awful <laughs> listen, person, listen, all you awful people. <laughs> oh, you just, you're just awful. Like, I don't understand how you can make a career out of that because yeah. like, when you're, when you're working on a movie set, you're on set for up to 14 hours a day, working up to six days a week, sometimes more. And, like, if you're making everyone miserable around you, the same guy, the same guy, I'm not going to name his name because, first of all, you wouldn't know it even if I said it. Because that's the funny thing, <laughs> is that this guy is a freaking humongous diva that you've never heard of. Which you can't be a diva if, no, if somebody's ever heard of you. No one, no one, he has no, he has no value in the box office. No one is coming <laughs> to see this movie because so-and-so is in it. Did you say that to him? <laughs> I wanted to. <laughs> I said it in my mind. As he was walking away, I was like, you. You. Can you read my mind? You. Sir? Now, the same guy got, uh, he was cast in a in another movie in Oklahoma that was shooting. So he rapped with us. Okay. And then he was booked on this other movie that he was supposed to work two days. He got on that set and was there for maybe mm, four hours before they wrote him out of the movie and sent him on his merry way. Whoa. They literally rewrote the script to get his ass out of there. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty bad. That's really bad. Like I've, I've, I've never, I've rewritten a script to get somebody in the movie. I've never rewritten a script <laughs> to get somebody <laughs> to get, out. <laughs> get this guy out. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. That's insane. Like you wrote yourself out of a job or you, yeah. you were just so shitty to people that you, you, like ruined your own job should, it's like it feels it's so easy just to be nice yeah and to not be difficult it's really easy you just that's the crazy thing is like this guy has been doing this job for like you know i think he's been doing it for about 10 years he's like friends with james franco he's in that crowd okay you know who has his own hashtag me too issues yeah, yeah. so yeah so he's part of that <laughs> crowd tony hale's been doing this for god knows how long He's way bigger of a deal. He actually has a recognizable name. Robert Patrick has been doing this for decades. Yeah. And Nick Stahl's been doing this for decades since he was a small child working with Patrick Swayze in Tall Tale. He was the kid in Tall Tale. Really? Yeah. That's been a long time. Yeah. And none of those people behave the same way as this guy. Yeah. Who just, like, 10 years is not a long amount of time for an actor, like... No, no, not I mean, when you consider a whole lifetime of acting. Yeah, but I mean, I think that's all probably just personality too. Like, if that person was in another field, they would also be difficult. They would feel yeah, like yeah, probably the world. Owed oh them. my god, this same guy, uh, 
like I don't know how much money he cost the production because apparently he uh, pissed off the hotel that the production had booked him in. How do you piss off a hotel? I don't even know. I don't. <laughs> I didn't know that that was possible. Never done that. Pissed off the hotel so bad that they were about to kick him out and cost production like two thousand dollars in damage to the hotel. Jeez. Well, I guess that's one way. You damage the hotel, you piss off a hotel. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you cost. I don't know how you damage two thousand dollars worth of stuff. Well, like, what were you doing? <laughs> like lighting the bed on fire. And the sad thing is, like, I, you know, I'm the sound guy on this. I'm listening to his performance and I'm watching the monitor. It was okay. <laughs> that's, I mean, like, that's like the worst. That's the crazy thing is like he's going to all these lengths and apparently like really in it, stating in character and all this bullshit. And it's okay. Yeah. If it was incredible, you'd be like, I still hate you. If it was mind blowing, but... like I'd kind of get it. He was okay. Oh god. There were a couple scenes that he's playing a, a mentally handicapped person and he would play a couple scenes. We started calling him on the set. Uh we started calling him Simple Jack. <laughs> <laughs> if that says anything. <laughs> Everybody knows you never go full retard. Well, he uh, was he was going there. True. I don't think you could make that movie today. I don't think you? you could either. It's just weird. It's only what was that 10 years ago? Something like was that. It? I don't know. I just watched it recently. Because, like, so many Simple Jack references were coming up during the making of that movie when that yeah. actor was on set. Uh, Freaking Simple Jack's here. <laughs> so you're like, I got to rewatch that performance. <laughs> yeah, I had, to, I had to rewatch it. I l- 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 love you. Like, there but, was a scene that he did that, like, was almost that bad. But it's, like, a great commentary on, like, that that world, I think. Just, like, the what they say about actors and oh, the, totally. the process. Yeah. <laughs> it's all just bullshit. All of it. Even what we're doing here. Even what we're doing here. <laughs> okay. Nobody cares about us. <laughs> no, but that's what makes it fun, because we can say whatever we want. <laughs> <laughs> because we have our anonymity. That's right. For now. No one cares. You know what? The and that's per- a beautiful thing. The perfect level of fame, I believe. I, and I bring this guy up a lot. I'm going to have him on the show someday. I just know it. Mike Birbiglia. <laughs> ah, yeah, because I see He's right it. here. Yeah, Look he's at right that. There. Um, I love Mike Birbiglia. He's great, but I think he's... Um, I think it's been intentional, but he's like crafted a career for himself where he's like known, but by a group of people. Yeah. He's, I think, picked the right projects, done the right work and stayed he's consistent. He's very indie. Yeah. But he's very good. I think w- the work he does is really good, but he's been able to get just famous enough. Yeah. You know, where yeah. he's like, I feel like he can still live a life. Maybe I'm wrong. I've never talked to well, him. Well, and but... he, al- he also has a pretty uh, everyman face. Yeah. He can, you, you know, relate like... with him. Yeah. You're like, I get it. There's some actors that you meet that just have like this otherworldly face. <laughs> that are just like, oh, you're doomed. Like, yeah, you were meant to be famous because like, you can't walk down the street and be like, that's a normal looking guy. Yeah, you're like, I don't think I'm allowed to be around yeah. you right now. Yeah, like Steve Buscemi, doomed. <laughs> but he's like, perfect. Thank God he found fame. <laughs> uh, that's what people always say about it, right? Thank, yeah. thank God we didn't know what you were gonna do. <laughs> There's there's nothing else that you could do, Steve, Steve. We can't let you be like in a store. We can't like we can't show you to the world unless you're acting. Yeah, exactly. Ah, uh, but what a great. There's actor. some people that are just like like freakishly gorgeous. Yeah, like men and women alike. Like you just oh, they yeah. walk into a room and they suck all the attention. You're like, God damn. Yeah, it. <laughs> and if I'm like talking to them, I gotta look at the ground. Like I don't. Yeah. Are you? Is he looking at me? <laughs> yeah. I worked. There's been a like those leading man actors. Uh, I worked with the guy who was the lead in Tron. Oh, cool. He was in uh, Kings of Leon music video that we shot. 
several years ago. And he had that quality about him. Like, he was tall and devilishly handsome. Probably and built like, really well. Yeah, and it was like, it's weird whenever you're standing in a room of everybody looking frumpy and normal. <laughs> <laughs> and then a Greek god walks into the room and you're yeah. like, oh, well, that's clearly the lead actor. And you start to question, like, how you look yeah you exactly go, i like, always i thought i was like okay <laughs> i'm pretty <laughs> but, sure i'm hideous now I'm like how do people look me in the eyes yeah yeah that's always disappointing yeah. where i'm like you're too good looking like nobody's ever gonna son love me son of a bitch <laughs> you gorgeous son of a yeah, bitch get out of here <laughs> i also love you and i don't know why <laughs> yeah okay before before we run out of time because we're actually getting close here are we really yeah i know oh. it's crazy right just Flies right by, and it I love it. Flies by so quickly. I should make this show three hours. It should be like a morning yeah, radio show. Yeah, I was going to say, like, why isn't this like, um, like, you know, Pete Holmes' show that just lasts for forever? Oh, his is great too. And we could talk about God. Oh, he, he or the absence to, of. He's got. I haven't listened to a lot of his show, but he's got uh, one episode with I think it's Peter Rollins. It was an. It's an older episode, <laughs> but it was so. That's actually how you pronounce that name, too. Peter Rollins. I listen to I, I love his show and I love Peter Holmes. Peter Holmes. That's how you pronounce that. <laughs> hey, <name>. buddy. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I love the funny thing about um, his show is that it kind of touches on a phenomenon that I have come to realize where a lot of people in Hollywood are far more spiritual and far more uh, conservative than yeah. you would ever think. Like, more conservative. Well, yeah, I guess Hollywood is known as like it's, the. It's liberal. not known as a conservative place no, at all. No. But let me tell you, the, most of the actors that I've worked with uh, have very conservative leanings. Huh. Like, it was very interesting to see. That is they, surprising. They would never speak out about their thoughts and stuff. But, like, Tony Hale's a born again Christian. Oh, wow. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I would, I would just assume, like, everyone in Hollywood is just an atheist. Yeah. I mean, like, Robert Patrick and I ended up having this really cool conversation about the Bible and stuff that like he started the conversation. That's cool. He's sitting outside. We're like, we're out at this old building and he's sitting outside smoking a cigar and I come by and I'm like, Hey Robert, how's it going? He's like, yeah, pretty good. What do you think about this fucking movie? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be really interesting. You know, like there's some really fascinating spiritual connotations to that. He's like, yeah, it's pretty fucking cool. I'm sounds, reading the Bible. Sounds, sounds to me like you started it. It's <laughs> well, got some spiritual. But he, but he, like, he started talking about the Bible and like how he's been reading, you know, the Old Testament and all yeah. this kind of stuff. And so it was a really interesting. I find myself having these really fascinating spiritual conversations with these actors that I never thought I would have. Yeah. But it's really, it's been really neat to just know that that side of um, Hollywood even exists. Because yeah. you know, I feel like. I don't, I wouldn't call myself conservative. I would call myself moderate, if anything. Yeah, that's more where I land now. Yeah, I'm like a happy medium with everything. Yeah, I'm like, you do you. Yeah, you do you, just leave me alone. Because I don't think anybody's right. Yeah, <laughs> so I don't I'm think. Like, <laughs> I don't want to be on either side. I'm like, yeah. you're probably wrong, you're probably wrong. I think wrong. that there's a lot of wrong ways of thinking, uh, just from like a from a standpoint of like facts and science yeah. and stuff. I also think it's your only, uh, the only wrong thing is to be so set in your ways that you don't listen to anybody. Yeah, else. exactly. Yeah. And, and that's been the really interesting thing is, uh, learning that about, um, 
the the Hollywood world that you would think leans like so hardcore liberal that it's like, you know, we're oh man, we're all basically members of Antifa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, that is definitely how they're portrayed. Yeah, but that's not really the case. Like you know, like even Dennis Quaid is very pretty conservative <laughs> you know what though when i think of dennis quaid i'm like yeah that makes sense like i, I could like i could see him being yeah. like a conservative very yeah. homely he stole my guy. cigarettes that <laughs> bastard really yeah <laughs> all right i hate him <laughs> no it's okay so i was working on uh, i can only imagine which is a faith-based movie yeah. so i guess it shouldn't shock you that he's like whoa no way. wait a second and he was like do you have a cigarette and i was like as a matter of fact i do i got a whole pack you want them <laughs> so i handed him a pack expecting him to pull out one and walk away with one. And he was just like, thanks. <laughs> he just takes the whole pack. Maybe like, he thought you were the cigarette guy. Well, goddamn, Dennis Quaid. <laughs> Did he apologize? Did he bring oh, he, the cigarettes back? I don't think back? he even knew that I existed. All right. He was well, like, uh, cigarette guy. We're calling out Dennis Quaid on this show. <laughs> you owe me 19 cigarettes. Yeah. Bring him back or else. <laughs> yeah. Or you're not invited on this show. Yeah. That's it. You're out, Dennis We're Quaid. done. It'll be known just like, uh, <laughs> what is it? Uh, Jimmy Kimmel and Matt Damon. Yeah, exactly. Like every yeah. Show goes, the Dennis we're, Quaid we're rivalry. <laughs> yeah, like we, uh, we we ran out of time for Dennis Quaid today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Start that here first. Yeah. All right. I don't want to run out of time because we have to get to this. Your miscellaneous important thing that you brought. Ah, yes. I uh, brought a miscellaneous important thing. I'm going to cut to that camera right now. Yes. Describe, describe what you've brought us. What, what you have here is a uh, prop that was used on one of the sketches that Okie Show Show will be releasing in February. Sweet. Uh, this prop is a newspaper, and uh, it was designed and created by Zachary Burns, um, who, <laughs> whenever we're making sketches, we have no money, so we just ask people, can you help us out? Please. And they're like, sure, or they're like, go away. <laughs> Which one's more common? <laughs> more common is the go away. Please, see? Yeah. please leave. Yeah, they all have that old 1920s New York sound, <laughs> see? Yeah. But uh, so Zach made us this newspaper, and I, I wanted to bring it because I think it's um, a great example of <laughs> artistry that, like, you never, like, the, the props and all that kind of stuff, not a lot of attention goes to the people that make them. Yeah. And, you know, all the credit typically goes to, like, the director and the actors that are on camera and everything. But one of the cool things about our show and our podcast is that we put focus on people that normally don't get a spotlight. And in this case, it's the, the prop guy, which was Zachary Burns, who also That's does awesome. a lot of other stuff. And he produces, you know, they have a movie, Shifter, coming out. I know of and, that one. Uh, yeah. I'm excited about that, actually. It's going to be pretty good. Shout out Zachary Burns, the Burns brothers. But, um, just remember that whenever you're watching any kind of production at all, the, even in the fleeting moments, that those fleeting moments are well thought out by somebody that you're probably not going to know of, see, or hear about. Yeah, and, that's um, so true. That's essentially what our show is kind of all about, is just always remember the, the people behind the scenes and remember that uh, you can do it too. Yeah, man, I got, I, I think from the beginning, especially when I was making short films as like a teenager and stuff, I always felt like I had to do it all myself because I just didn't know anybody, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then I got into that habit where it's like, I, I just gotta, I gotta figure it out and I gotta do all these jobs and I gotta yeah. 
But it is amazing when you get people who are passionate about what they do, their job, whether it's props mm-hmm. or sound or cinematography or whatever it is, and you can bring those people together to make something. Yeah. It's crazy how much it just ups the Dude, it's the so level. cool because it's it's the, the, the work that you do is always a million times better when you share the workload and when you trust people that are far better than you. Yeah. That's the kind of, that's the really neat thing that I've kind of learned over the years doing this podcast and now producing the sketches that we do is that if you're the smartest person in the room, you are in the wrong room. You need to find a different room where you are not the smartest person. You need to surround yourself with people that are better <laughs> than you. Yeah. Um, because ultimately, uh, you have to earn your way, especially in this industry, you have to earn your way. And you're going to, the way that you're going to earn that is by being lifted up by other people. Sure. Nobody is successful in the film industry um, on their own. Yeah. No, I mean, you, you have to have like, um, I mean, you sort of have to have an advocate and you have to have people that know you and want to promote your work and, want to work with you and I mean you you just can't do it alone you could have the best content in the world but if you just you can't be a narcissistic asshole no I mean you can be I mean you can go well for you yeah because then you'll end up on a movie that they write you out of the movie yeah and that I'm sure is probably far too common uh you know I would not be surprised because Uh, I know from a from a crew standpoint like it's hard to replace actors so they end up having to rewrite the whole script rewrite a script to get rid of somebody and you're you're dealing God, with terrible getting a new person when you're already trying to make the thing like that's pretty bad that says yeah. a lot about your personality but on crew on crew if you're a shitty person dude there's so many people that want your job oh yeah and want it way better way want it more than you and are probably better than you yeah so like being a good person and being a humble person and being a hard-working person Oh, you know, huge. those are qualities that huge. will get you so far. It's huge. <laughs> it's one of the greatest bits of advice I've ever it's heard. Great. It's tremendous. It's tremendous. Super great. Yeah, I. So the stuff we work on now, if we if we have to hire out, like um, if we need like an extra grip or uh, whoever, we ha- there's like a list of people, but like people will get cut from that list if they're just not either not fun to be around or they're not nice or they don't work hard enough. And they're they're probably fine people, but really the people that went out. Yeah. Even if your talent is a little bit less, if you're just like really (laughs) fun and easygoing and helpful and like that means so much more than just like being the greatest. And I feel like I've made a living based on personality alone. (laughs) Like I don't know (laughs) if my skill set is really up to snuff. Why not? I know I try. I try to make my skill set as good as it possibly can, but um, but like, I, man, yeah, but I just like never be good people. enough though. I'll never be good I, enough. I, I at, mean that in the yeah. best way. Like, <laughs> I mean, me specifically, I'll never be good because, enough because I I won't either. Yeah, none of us are ever good enough. Yeah, we're all just like striving for something. Just learn how to be uh, fun to be around. I think. Yeah, because it it's like. Jeez, at the end of the day, we're just we're just trying to like get through. Yeah, for the love of God, we're just trying to find something that we're like okay at and like yeah. make a living and yeah. and hopefully feel fulfilled. So yep. uh, it's really hard if people are just mean. Yep. So I concur. I concur. All right, Brian. So whenever you watch this sketch, yeah, which will be coming out in February, I do again. believe. 
Um, be sure to Look keep your eye out for that little newspaper. It's like within the first minute of the sketch. Okay. But it's called Breaking Up with Facebook. It's about a guy literally breaking up with Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Which I feel like we should all probably do. We probably should. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I love that because, you know, I delivered papers for five and a half years or whatever it was so to like that's to i see remember that, sort that. Of prop like i remember you telling amazing. me about and that I, I think i even made like a newspaper prop at one point because that that material that newspaper material would be the topper on our bundle of papers yeah so i used to take those home and then i just print directly on them and make it look like a newspaper right? article and so i i mean the fact that that's like a full page looking <laughs> newspaper i love that yeah it's that's really so cool and the headline on the top says Congress passes catnip for all bill. What <laughs> <laughs> uh, is exactly what I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's like a fun little, very fleeting joke. Yeah. That, um, that, that Zach put in there for us that I just get tickled by. And I just think it looks really cool. Yeah. And there's a lot of other things that are in that sketch that are like very quick and fleeting that like, we like to, we, we have the, the sketch itself. And then we pepper it full of like little production design things and cool. little little Easter eggs and stuff that are really fun. Like in a weird way, every one of these sketches are connected by a prop. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so I'm I'm looking forward to it. Who can you did you say who the first guest will be? Your first episode of the new our season? first guest of the podcast, which you can listen to on iTunes podcast, Google Play, Spotify, um, Stitcher, everything, pretty much everywhere that you listen to your podcast. It's gonna be with JB the local oh rapper, yeah emmy award-winning rapper by the way which i knew that for some reason but what did he what did he win the emmy for um i think it was like a commercial or something like okay. that, that he did a song for cool i think that's I awesome know. it's a heartland emmy which you have too i do you bastard. <laughs> i'm very proud of but like we were talking about earlier i i don't think about it much anymore i'm like well what's well next yeah because you you, you peak your you reach your goal Did you say i peaked you peak <laughs> <laughs> and you've been on a downhill slope ever since it's not been good since it's then. all downhill from here from jay sheldon <laughs> this is it this yeah is <laughs> it's real sad i i cry a lot now but you're never okay. gonna win another award <laughs> i don't think the heartland emmys has a podcast category do they no, that'd be cool though. It would be cool, and they need to get on that because they check. have terrestrial radio in there. Maybe they do now because the first year when we won, I looked. Because oh, you have I, looked because I don't have a Heartland Emmy. That would be a great way to get it. And I'm surrounded by people that have Heartland <laughs> Emmys. <laughs> I freaking want one. Well, we got we got lucky in a way because when we entered it, I mean, I felt good about what we had made, but they had a new category. It was the first year of the category that we entered, so there just yeah. wasn't a lot in it. There mm. wasn't a lot of competition, so. You know that doesn't that, that's handy that, that takes away from my award a, l a little bit but i mean it's true we just and i peaked and it was a piece of cake <laughs> we uh we knew we were gonna be all right no it was just we there was a little bit of luck but i also feel like we we made something we were proud of you so. earned it I, yeah i don't mean that we, didn't, we it. didn't earn it but there was i love that documentary that you guys hey, won for thank you i, I thought it was that. so good and it it kind of it made me tear up a little bit because that was one of my first jobs for the listeners who don't know Jay here won Heartland Emmy for his documentary about film projection. Film projection. So actually, I'm gonna I think I'm gonna put that on our YouTube channel. You should. Cause um, it's fantastic. Because like, what I want to put old work on there because it's, it's sort of in line with what I'm trying to do. Um, but it's about film projection and how film projection went away and now it's all digital and we follow yeah. these two film projectionists as um, they were really in their final days at this theater that was about to be bought out by uh, AMC. 
Was that okay? Question: Because my first job was a projectionist. That's why. That's why it was so cool for me was seeing the projectionists in their last days. Because I remember those days. Yeah. As a sixteen-year-old kid splicing thirty-five millimeter film together. Yeah. Because we actually projected on film back then. But it was at Crossroads Movies Eight. Was that where you shot some of that? No, we shot it at what is now the Penn Square AMC with all the recliners oh, and wow. fanciness. So we finished right as they were closing so they could renovate for yeah. that new theater. Wow. And man, it makes me sad to think about because it really was it is fun. Sad. I it mean, was like, like just the yeah. of the projector and everything. Because It know, was loads of fun being a projectionist. Yeah, it, It's like when you're a kid, you don't think... I mean, the projectionists, they're, they're like a movie star in a way. They're the guy Kinda. in the little window. It you, felt so cool. Yeah, to just be up there. And I was 16 there. up yeah. there with movies. And like, I even at that age, like I knew I wanted to work in movies. And like, I, I, I we, you know, there'd be moments where like the, the film would get like tangled up. Yeah. We call it a brain wrap. So you have to oh, cut yes, it I out. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. And so I have... I, I don't know where they are now, but I'm sure they're somewhere. I still have 35 millimeter strips from oh, uh, the movie Brother Bear and I think The Matrix Reloaded. Oh, cool. And uh, Final Destination 3, Okay, I think. It was like during that period. <sighs> it was like 2002, 2003, something like that. Man. Yeah, it's, it's, so it's awesome, especially since I know that I, I probably won't ever get to experience that again. I have like footage of me threading a projector right just, just to have it because it's like i'm probably never going to do this again because yeah. we, we learned how to do it while we were up there and actually jason who i made it with he um he was the reason the whole thing started is because he got to work there as a projectionist yeah and then he was like what a, he started making a documentary then he asked me about helping and um i was like i can't say no to that because <laughs> like, it's just and now you have a freaking emmy yeah but that's like i think a good reason to just keep making you just, just keep making stuff yeah like, we didn't know what that was yeah. gonna be we just wanted we wanted to tell that story yeah and that that i think is more important yeah. if, you, if you're not driven to just do the thing right if you're already thinking about an emmy which i don't even think i knew that was a possibility then like it, i didn't know well first of all you shouldn't make anything with the hope of making awards no because if if that is your expectation is the um because i think that kind of goes back to ego of like i'm gonna make this thing and it's gonna win all this stuff yeah and i'm gonna become famous and then it's gonna make me rich then i'm gonna be a, a greek god that everyone worships whenever i walk into <laughs> Rome, and then they're gonna write me out of a movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> that no, should it, not be the expectation no. I, because you're setting yourself up for disappointment in, in a world of sadness. I'm only thinking about whether I'm making a good product that people will like because the yeah. satisfaction comes from, I think, people enjoying your work. Yep. Like, I got way more out of that movie from seeing the people, way people responded to it on oh, um, so cool. on Vimeo. Yeah. We got, we got, we were a staff pick on there. So it was like way more views than I ever so cool. thought I would get on anything. Yeah. And just the comments. Just yeah. the comments on there, that meant more to me than like yeah. any award. And that sounds so Especially like, the cheesy. comments that were like, this short is gay-tarded. And I was like, yeah! <laughs> Yay! I accept hate too! Hooray, comments! <laughs> We've gotten some negative oh. comments on some of our sketches that are always like, yep, keeping us humble. Which is weird, right? Because if you don't like it, why do you got to say something? <laughs> Just I mean, stop watching it. Jeez, it's like, but most people don't recognize the effort it takes to make anything. Oh, totally. They're yeah. like, ah, oh, this is shit. Yeah, like you don't know what it took to make it happen. <laughs> you son of a like, bitch! Give me a break. Also, I appreciate your feedback. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's the crazy thing. Yeah, I um, it's 
like producing the podcast and just uh, coming to learn what all it takes to, you know, even just get a guest on. Yeah. Just get them on the show. Yeah. Like just that alone is so much effort. <clears throat> so like, <sighs> it's 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 a lot, but I'm glad you're doing it. I'm glad <laughs> I'm doing. It. I'm glad we're doing this here today, and we're doing it together. Yeah. And we are overtime, so I got to get oh. out of here. All right. Well, I mean, we'll keep talking Good after riddance. this, I'm sure. But yeah, get get the hell out of here. Uh, Check out season four of the Okie Show yes. show starting January sixth on a pretty much anywhere you find your podcasts. We've got JB. We've got Alex McNichol from the Grammy Award Grammy. <laughs> From the Golden Globe Awards show, award-winning show, Transparent, we've got the film commissioner, Tavisovsky. Oh, man, you are uh, killing it. We've got Lucas Ross on. Who's killing it. Common, we have common yeah. friendships with him. I love Lucas. You and I. He's a good guy. And who else do we have? Uh, we you got a representative from the local 484. <laughs> no, I was asking you, who oh, do we have? Uh, let me look. Let me take my notes. <laughs> um, yeah, we've got local 484 on to talk about uh, being a union member for if you're wanting to be a filmmaker, becoming a union member is a good step to take if you want to make better money. Cool. And be protected from assholes. Well, where's where's the best place for people to look if they want to keep up with what you guys are doing? Best place to go is okishowshow.com. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram. Probably the most active on Facebook and Instagram. Twitter is a cesspool and I am there. <laughs> Only because I have to be. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. I'm glad you said it, so I didn't have to. <laughs> Twitter is, Twitter is the gateway to hell. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't do a lot on Twitter, and now that makes me feel even better about yes, it. So thank yes. you. I think Twitter is going to be one of those things that, like, 20 years from now, we're going to look back at the same way that we look at cigarettes, where they're healthy and good for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, back in the 1940s. People were smoking cigarettes to help with their speech impediments and with yeah. their breathing problems. <laughs> yeah. They really uh, put one over on you guys. Yeah. You ever uh, think about that? That's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Advertising. It works. Advertising. <laughs> I watched Mad Men. All right. All right. Check out Okie Show Show. Go to okieshowshow.com. Okieshowshow.com. All right. Brian, thank you for being Ooh. here. Thanks for um, having me, man. And as always, everyone, if you like this episode, please let me know. If you hated this episode, please let me know. If you have any ideas for future episodes, please let me know. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next week. Nice. That was fun. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs>